0: This is Herb Montgomery, and I want to take this opportunity to thank all of you who are supporting the work of Renewed Heart Ministries. It's people like yourself that enable us to exist and to be a positive resource in our world in the work of survival, resistance, liberation, restoration, and transformation. If you're unfamiliar with Renewed Heart Ministries, we are a not-for-profit group that is passionate about centering a set of values and ethics and the experiences of those on the undersides and margins of our society informed also by the sayings and the teachings of the historical Jewish Jesus of Nazareth. If you'd like to support our work, I'll tell you how you can do so at the end of this podcast. But for now, we simply want to thank you for listening. This is Herb Montgomery with Renewed Heart Ministries, and I want to welcome you to episode 204 of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. Our title this week is Confessing or Denying, and our feature text is Sang's Gospel Q 12, 8 through 9. Anyone who may speak out for me in public, the Son of Humanity will also speak out for him before the angels, but whoever may deny me in public will be denied before the angels. Our companion text, uh, Matthew 10, 32 through 33, Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Luke 12, 8-9. I tell you, whoever publicly acknowledges me before others, the Son of Man will also acknowledge before the angels of God. But whoever disowns me before others will be uh, disowned before the angels of God. Let's talk about not remaining silent this week first. There's a way that typically, uh, uh, more, uh, fundamentalist Christians interpret uh, these passages, um, I, I want to take a little bit of a different tack this week. The context of of this week's saying is Jesus' teaching to his followers uh, over the last three weeks. We, we've talked about uh, three weeks ago not being afraid of, of pushback, uh, but to proclaim from the rooftops the social vision that they were learning from Jesus, and I'll put a link to that, uh, three, that uh, e-site from three weeks ago uh, in this week's e-site, And then two weeks ago, we talked about to reject how how Jesus was helping them to reject the temptation to follow violent messiahs toward the, the societal changes that they were longing for. And I'll put a link to that too. And then last week um, was to remember that they were valuable, and no matter how disposable their society had made them feel, that they were worth standing up for. This week's saying repeats the encouragement not to remain silent. Um, it's the same uh, a message that we saw three sayings ago. And what could Jesus have meant by that? The phrase speaking out for me. Um, I grew up believing again that this was about being proud to be a Christian, about boldly engaging others in a, a conversation about whether they had accepted Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior so they could enjoy assurance about a an otherworldly post-mortem life. And nothing, I believe today, nothing could be further from the social context of this saying in Sang's Gospel Q. Jesus' message in Q announced the arrival of the reign of God in the hearts of people. And this reign in Q made itself manifest in a person's newly embraced commitment to take responsibility for the care of the people around them, especially those who had been pushed to the underside or the margins of society by the status quo and and the kingdom remember that word kingdom comes out a lot in what jesus preached the kingdom in its simplest form is people helping people take people taking care of people it critiqued the the present system which which privileged an elite at the expense of of the dominated and subjugated class and it called people to to dismantle society's present arrangements and replace them with the community that Jesus modeled in his shared table. and Why would Jesus need to encourage his followers to speak out for this and to refuse to keep silent? Well, because we're, whenever you begin to speak uh, truth to power— or to those in positions of privilege, whenever you begin speaking out against the way things are, those that are benefited by the societal bias, they will always feel threatened. And and equity to those who are disproportionately privileged, it always feels like it's a threat to their way of life. And rightly so, because it is. It is a threat to disproportionately privileging some over others. And those who benefit... Uh, from from these th- this disproportion, they always push back against critiques. They, they, they endeavor to silence those who who speak out against injustice, and to those who, uh, who whom others are trying to silence. The Jesus of Sang's Gospel Q encourages speak out for me a- a- and the societal vision that we are casting before the imagination of any who will listen. Adolf Dizman, in his classic volume New Light on the New Testament from from the records of the Greco Roman period. He tells us that archaeological evidence indicates that the primitive Jesus community was, quote-unquote, a movement of the proletarian middle class. And that's on page 7. Jesus was a, a, a community organizer teaching his disinherited and oppressed proletariat followers how to speak up for and work toward the the changes that they wanted. Jesus was a Jewish organizer. Um, That was one of the roles that he played. And uh, let's talk about the apocalyptic worldview this week, too, because that's in this week's saying whether Jesus subscribed uh, to an apocalyptic worldview himself or whether that was the worldview of those who preserved his story, the dualism of apocalypticism uh, is in plain view in this week's saying. We have the—and we've covered this before, and I'll put a link to it before. This is a new topic for any of you who are listening. Uh, th- this ancient worldview assumed that there were cosmic forces of good and evil, and they were connected to earthly conduits of good and evil. And Jesus uh, accesses um, th- the cosmic imaginations of his listeners by referring to, to angels— on the day of judgment, you know, one of the events where uh, where those who were who, who subscribed to this worldview uh, they believed that injustice, violence, oppression in our world would one day be put right in the future, and Jesus's gospel was an announcement that this long-awaited putting right had come, and it was theirs if they would embrace the reign of God manifested in people choosing to take care of people. It was a deeply held belief in Jesus' day that the day of judgment was a breaking in of the cosmic world into this world. It was a day of reckoning, a day of reward, and a day of punishment, a day of reversal, uh, when the oppressed would be liberated and and the oppressors would be removed from their places of domination. The last would be first, the first would be last. And in our saying this week, this vision of the, uh, of the future day of judgment is used to motivate the early followers of Jesus. Jesus says that those who speak out now would be spoken for on that day, and those who, who remain silent in the face of injustice uh, would be uh, repudiated. And th- This may have been a deeply motivating idea for the first audience of the Jesus story. Today, though, uh, I think we can use m- other motivations to inspire one another to take care of each other. We are interconnected. We are each other's fate. And what affects you affects me. And whether one subscribes to an apocalyptic worldview of the first century or a more naturalistic 21st century worldview, the truth of our interconnectedness is universal. We are in this life together. And if I don't speak out for those who are being marginalized and pushed under, it will come back negatively and affect me as well. And the world that we create for others is the world that we're also creating for ourselves? So, so in, in Jesus's counsel, uh, again, is, is is still relevant today? To speak up, speak out, uh, speak out on behalf of of a, a world that. That resembles the the vision that the egalitarian vision that Jesus was was uh, 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 teaching. And let's talk about this phrase "Son of Humanity" because it comes up in this week's saying too. And and I trace the "Son of ma- uh, Man" title for Jesus that, that that's over and over again repeated. I think it's over eighty times in the Gospels repeated. Um, I I trace it back to the political imagery of Daniel seven. In this piece of uh, Daniel was a Jewish apocalyptic sacred resistance literature, and in this piece of 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 uh, Sacred resistance literature, the Son of Man is seen, In Daniel seven thirteen and 14, it says, "...coming with the clouds of heaven, he approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations, peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed." In Daniel 7.22, it continues, Then the sovereignty, power, and greatness of all the kingdoms under heaven will be handed over to the holy people of the Most High. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom, and all rulers will worship and obey him. This is not imagery, I think, where rulers necessarily are destroyed or annihilated. Uh, but rather they're gathered into Jesus's ethical vision for the world, and, and they follow it. The, this imagery is picked up in, in the Christian scriptures in the apocalyptic book of, of Revelation. In Revelation 15, 4, all nations will come and worship before you, and your for your righteous acts have been revealed. In Revelation 21, 24, it says, the nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. And, and I think we could reclaim some of this imagery today, uh, but not in the way that the, the colonial nations or, or modern the modern Christian right has used it. Um, we don't imagine a world where everyone embraces the evangelical Christian religion and its Western white theology or else. Uh, but but we could reclaim this imagery in a much more compassionate, holistic way. This is a vision of human societies being transformed as they embrace the universal truth that Jesus taught, that we are once again connected. In the everlasting dominion that will not pass away, human society chooses to end racism, to end classism, to end sexism, to end heterosexism, and more. Humans cease their endless efforts to gain power over others in order to preserve a world that's that's safe for them, but not safe or compassionate or just for someone else. And our differences are are not met with fear, but they're embraced as a, a part of the beautiful human kaleidoscope that we are. So this week, the last thing I want to talk about is, is taking hold of life. The saying of Jesus that we are considering this week is Jesus's repeated call to to speak out, to speak up. And in st- a statement that I have I've referenced before, and I referenced last week, and and I'll be referencing repeatedly over the next few weeks, is Joanne Carlson Brown's and Rebecca Parker's statement on the myth of redemptive suffering. And I can't get this statement out of my head. And I, and the reason is because it, it deeply challenges the way that I've applied the teachings of nonviolence in the past uh, as a person who benefits from the status quo. And, and I want that to change. The, the statement is page 18 uh, in the book Christianity, Patriarchy, and Abuse. It's not the acceptance of suffering that gives life. It is the commitment to life that gives life. The question, moreover, is not am I willing to suffer, but do I desire fully to live? The distinction is subtle and to some specious, but in the end, it makes a great difference in how people interpret and respond to suffering. In our saying this week, Jesus calls those being intimidated into remaining uh, silent or, or, or to just sit down and shut up. He, he He's calling those to speak out anyway, uh, even though they're being intimidated, to speak out in spite of that intimidation. And he calls them to take hold of life and, and to keep holding on to life, even if they're threatened with a cross for, for doing so. And this strikes home for me. Recently, I was shut out of a, a network of Christian churches in North Dakota. And this is a reason that, a region that has been uh, deeply, uh, well, they've been experiencing a gold rush-like financial boon over the last few years. And I was told that because of my solidarity with and, and my support of the Native people's no DAPL or or no DAPL movement, uh, they don't want me speaking in their churches at this time, and so my meetings in North Dakota for uh, this month in March, uh, they've they've been canceled. And, and when I heard this, I had a choice to make: do I let go of my solidarity with Native people uh, to 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 be able to speak, or do I main do I maintain my hold on life? and my humanity for that matter, in spite of uh, the negative consequences. And many people have written to me over the past few weeks having experienced social media silencing on, on Twitter and Facebook and they, they've shared stories of friends telling them that they're they're being too political when they've spoken out or, or acted in defense of of people that are being made vulnerable in the U.S. today. And to those experiencing that silencing, I would say keep speaking out People matter, and therefore politics matter. Politics is much more than arguing over individual candidates. Um, and it sure, it involves that. But, but, and, and don't misunderstand me. The character and policies of politicians, I think, matter. Y- these policies uh, and how they affect the most vulnerable among us also matters. It's, it's not about... Party. It's about policy. And and, and the subject of politics is the discussion, remember, of how power is distributed and who gets access to to resources. And Jesus, like the Hebrew prophets, he spoke of distributive justice and and an order where power and resources are distributed in a way that ensures a world that is safe, that is compassionate, and that is just for everyone, including the most vulnerable. And the, the vulnerable, it's a world where the vulnerable are no longer exploited. They're no longer evicted and they're no longer excluded. And, and while I was in Canada a couple weekends ago, I, I heard some stories of, of Canadian citizens. And I'm going to put a link to this story in the e-site this week too from the CBC. But, but uh, I, I, I heard stories of Canadian citizens being refused entrance to the United States just because they're Muslim. A sports team was allowed uh, past the border to an event that was being held in Boston. Uh, the entire sports team it, it, sports team, except for their one Muslim team member, and this week too, mothers who were brought to the U.S. as children are, are now adults with a husband and and, and, and children uh, themselves, and they're being ripped away from their kids and their spouses and being shipped back to a country that they've never lived in. P- again, people matter, and therefore we should be speaking out. Jesus's gospel as we've defined over and over again in this series, was people taking care of people. And this is what it means to speak out for Jesus. And when we speak out, it isn't in defense of of Christianity, um, but in defense of Jesus's vision of a world where people matter and we choose to take care of each other rather than being afraid of one another. And over the past three years, I've repeatedly experienced backlash for affirming the lives of my LGBTQ and black siblings A- and the small pushback that I've encountered as an ally isn't even to be compared with the real and the genuine crosses that LGBTQ communities and and, and members of uh, of people of uh, members of uh, of, uh, of uh, Uh, communities of of people of color that they face for having the courage to take hold of life. Uh, Theirs is real pushback. And, and, And when they choose to stand up for themselves and stand up against bigotry and racism... Um, those are real crosses. And as someone who, whose starting point in theology is Jesus's gospel to the poor, I'm reminded too of how the Occupy movement was also demonized by those in power and, and, and those benefiting from, from the present structure. They too were threatened and, and those who sympathized with their their t- attempts of taking hold of life were, were misrepresented and became the focus of misinformed prejudice. But to every group, that is seeking to affirm their God-given selves and to thrive in life. To those who are tired of the sun and the rain that God sends on all, uh, they're tired of that being systemically prevented from reaching them too. Jesus' message this week is speak up, stand up. Whether you realize it or not, you are accessing the same courage that the Jewish Jesus sought to have his first followers find and take hold of as well. Last week, uh, now Toronto reported around 1,300 uh that they had joined in in uh, M I L C K milk to sing the the unofficial protest anthem. Um, I can't keep quiet, and you can. I'll put a link to where you can watch it in in the east site. But speaking out has a, not not keeping quiet. It has a long tradition. And the Jesus of the Gospels belongs to that tradition. These historical moments give us pause and a possible way to reclaim and reframe uh, the saying of Jesus, anyone who may speak out for me, and I would add in my egalitarian social vision for society, uh, speak out for me in public. The Son of Humanity will also speak out for him before the angels. But whoever may deny me in public will be denied uh, before the angels. Heart group application this week. This week, I want you to engage in a group activity. And I'm hoping that at least one person in your heart group is a Netflix subscriber. I'd like you to sit down together as a group and watch the documentary, The 13th. So number one, watch the documentary. Number two, afterward, list two to three paradigm shifts that you experience during the film. And depending on your, your social location, you could experience more than just two, and, two or three, but start with two to three. And then number three, as many as, as feel comfortable, Discuss as a group each person's reaction to the film. And lastly, spread the word. Share this film with others and and have them watch it too with your friends, your family. Um, You'll see it's well worth it. Embracing the courage to speak out either for oneself or in solidarity alongside others who are speaking out is a significant step in the work of survival, resistance, liberation, restoration, and transformation. So to each of you who are speaking out, keep at it. And remember, you're, you're not alone, and countless millions, both now and throughout history, they're standing with you. So keep living in love, Till the only world that remains is a world where only love reigns. And thanks for checking in with with us this week. Um, I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week. (laughs) Thank you once again for listening. Everything we do here at Renewed Heart Ministries is done with the purpose of making these resources as free as possible. And to do so, we need the help of people like yourself. If you'd like to support the work of Renewed Heart Ministries, you can make a one-time gift or become one of our monthly contributors by going to renewedheartministries.com and clicking on the Donate tab at the top right of the homepage. Or you can mail your contribution to Renewed Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 1211, Lewisburg, West Virginia, 241. 901. Make sure you also sign up for our free resources on our website, and we have a monthly newsletter that we mail out, and there's just much, much more. Remember, everything we do here at Renewed Heart Ministries is for free, and every little bit helps. And anything we receive over and above our annual budget, we happily pass on to other not-for-profits that are, are we feel are making both systemic and, and personal differences in the lives of those less privileged within our status quo. And for those all Already supporting our work. Again, thank you. Together we are making a difference, making our world a safer, more just, more compassionate home for us all.